episode 13. Like, woot woot, motherfucking woot woot. See, that's my one curse word. Um, Alright guys, well as you already know who this is, this is the Trigger Happy Chatterbox. This is the world's greatest detective. And I'm Brennan. So, so everyone's like, whoa, wait a minute, you guys got a third voice. Yes, uh, before we get into that though, let's get into the Instagrams, all that stuff, and then we'll go ahead and uh, introduce our third member here. Uh, guys, make sure to check out your our Facebook at facebook.com slash dpbats. Um, our respective Instagram names, World's Greatest Detective 626, and the Trigger Happy Chatterbox. Before we get into this, we need to go ahead and tell you we've made a lot of changes to the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. So, little story time before we get into all the uh, the stuff, because I know we're kind of limited on time here. Um, so we went to Pensacon this year and I met a really awesome person, which of course is the third. Oh, you're going way back. Okay. Way back. (laughs) Long, Um, long time ago. (laughs) Actually, it was not that long ago. It was like February, like 10 months ago. If, if this year, it feels like an eternity. Um, 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, but, uh, we went to Pensacon and, uh, you know, upon walking across the vendor hall and stuff, um, we might actually outside as a matter of fact. Yeah, it was outside. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but she was a uh, Negasonic and well, she just had that attitude and that, that spunk that I told Kyle about a, a month or so ago, or it feels like a month or so ago. I'm, I'm off on time. That's what Publix does to you. Um, I was like, dude, we need a third person for the show. And I was like, Brennan, perfect. And I was in a Starbucks with my friend and I got a voice, a random voice message from our boy trigger happy chatterbox and i was like what (laughs) because i hadn't gotten one since like i feel like you sent me one for like my birthday or something i don't even remember you sent me one a while ago yeah and then and then i got one and i i listened to it it was basically a pitch about having me on the podcast and i was like yes like 100 percent yes i even said it out loud before i even responded Mm -hmm. i was like yeah Let's do it. I love podcasting. Um, and I just haven't had a chance to really do it as much anymore. So I really, really jumped at the opportunity to be on this. Yeah. Like you were the second person who just surprised me with the whole yes. Because the first one, like me and Kyle almost had like a fucking mini heart attack when um red hood fan series just like yeah man i'll jump on your podcast i was like oh man <laughs> like i like i, I just yeah. felt it you know but like when you said yes i was like awesome because we felt like something was missing and um i mean obviously we take constructive criticism and you know hey you know that's why i wanted you on the show because you had that 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 attitude that spunk the kind of thing that me and kyle try to bring on the show every every now and again kidding um but yeah just you know, we have a third person, everybody. Make her feel welcome. Hello. And, uh, I'm here to save the podcast. Yes. <laughs> From Basically, a it, snap. It, in essence, yeah. Her, her Essentially, what the deal is, is she's going to keep us in line. Me and John, we're, we're difficult to control. <laughs> so <laughs> we're... <laughs> <laughs> we're we're gonna process is basically gonna be we're gonna make a like a kind of like a script it's gonna be like an outline for uh, every week we're gonna have segments 
We're gonna have segments, segments. and then we're gonna segments. and we're gonna stick to those segments. We're in the intro segment right now. Yes, most definitely. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to um, hanging out with y'all and talking about stuff. <laughs> talking about stuff. <laughs> talking about nerds and. Um, <laughs> Also, making sure that y'all don't talk for like eighty-five minutes on end. I know I'll be. I'm guilty as charged for that. That's 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 John for you. Yeah. There will be there will be some banter back and forth, but we're gonna stick to our time constraints. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Oh yeah. Little little bit of structure in my life. Um. But yeah. Um, Yeah. Let's uh, roll on in, guys. Let's uh, see what we got here on the. uh, the outline. It's let's quite do a bit. it. Do you want to introduce the segments or just surprise them? Yeah, let's let's throw a little surprise. We got okay, some, okay, cool. Yeah, throw surprises. Go right on in here. So I know for certain we do have we do have some some nerd culture news. I don't know. Should we call it that? I don't know. What do you want to call it? Man, I, I'm thinking like some SpongeBob crap where it's like extreme awesome blah 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 nerd culture. News. No, no. Let's yeah. For right now, we could stick. To it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, we could stick to it. Um, Be like, what's new or what's going on in the sphere? Yeah. Oh as goodness. a matter of fact, yeah. Let's let's do that. Um, I believe. Uh, let, let's have let's have our our new co-star go on first with what's going on right now. Oh me. Oh yeah. Um, I know. Put so that spot. one thing that I noticed in the news recently, Ryan Reynolds visited Marvel headquarters. And he obviously wasn't talking about he he wasn't going to say why exactly he was there, but it's definitely pretty clear that they're um, in the works with a new um, Deadpool three. And then um, another article said that um, the writers are just waiting on Kevin Feige's green light for Deadpool three. So the deal is that we don't know too much about where Deadpool 3 will fit into the MCU yet, but we know that it's coming, and we know that Ryan Reynolds will most likely make an appearance in another universe film, like, pretty soon, Sweet. ideally. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Like, Yeah, I know you are. Oh, yeah. I've been scratching at the bit for this character to get in the MCU for years. Yeah, I think that... Deadpool is an awesome addition to, to, I think that Deadpool it will be a really cool addition to the MCU because the MCU doesn't really have any characters quite like him. Oh yeah, and I'm really looking forward to see how they p- pit Deadpool against all of these other heroes. I think it could be really really funny, especially like Deadpool poking fun at all of the tropes that Marvel has set up for itself. I just. I really can't wait. I could see him poke with a lot of different things. Like there's the possibilities. I won't even get into it, but the possibilities are endless. Yeah, 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 for sure. sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Are you guys Are you guys worried about him being toned down at all with uh, Disney acquiring him? Well, I've read articles that Kevin Feige has been pretty reassuring about how it will stay. His movies will stay rated R, but that is a that is a valid concern because. We don't know how a Deadpool will fit into a PG-13 movie if they try to put him into, you know, a Spider-Man movie or um, any of the other MCU movies that they're trying to 
maintain at PG-13 or whatever. So, like, yeah, that is a concern that they'll tone him down a little bit, at least when he's in the other movies. I don't have. I don't know. I don't have a concern. Really? No, I don't have a concern at all. I think that if this was like if this was old 20th Century Fox, I would I would fall over and probably have some kind of health concern because then, you know, I, I can't trust anything those guys do. But, you know, if they could do something like Black Panther and get an Oscar, I mean, I don't see why they can't diversify how they take care of things with something like a Ryan Reynolds. I mean, Ryan has been has been kind of asking for I mean, I was reading something the other day with Tim Miller and how he wanted like all these things going out there and then the relationship kind of tanked. I feel like their relationship will be fine, both Feige and R- Reynolds enough to handle this property well. I, I have no concern. Yeah. I agree. But at the same time, like you still have to, you know, if you want him to be in these other movies, you might have to tone him down for the audience that you're trying to reach. Oh, I mean, and and that's I mean, that's fine. I mean, if if you're going to make it a PG-13 kind of thing, I I have no issues with it, because I mean, if if it's to get him involved with any of these characters, which has been in the comics before, I mean, we've seen him with the Avengers, we've seen him with Captain America, we've seen him with various different characters. You, you, if you got to yeah. make that little compromise, which I know people are going to exaggerate it to the empty yeah. degree, then, hey, you got to do it. Yeah. I think yeah, one of the best that. ways to do that would be to make him self-aware that he's in a PG-13 movie. Yeah. Because you can yes. do that. Yes. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, maybe he, like, tries to swear, but it, it comes out wrong. <laughs> and he just gets frustrated so as he goes along. <laughs> or it cuts. Whenever he swears, and he's like, "What the?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what that's what the MCU does is they cut whenever someone's about to swear. So that's kind of funny. Oh yeah, if he gets really mad at the cutting, that'd be incredible. That would be. I'd be. That's amazing. really funny. Like, yeah, yeah. But that that's cool. I I mean, I'm I'm happy that it's it's going through and yeah, it's in the works. It, yeah, you know. Do you get- did you guys see that work. video that he posted on YouTube yesterday of him eating the uh, the RDJ cookies? Oh yeah, he he he's man, little cookies left and right of just poking <laughs> fun at the MCU. <laughs> there you go. That that's gonna be so good. What a good partnership. Just for Kyle, I'll do this little bit. That's how it starts. Uh, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> just because right. just because you're a Batman connoisseur, but uh. Kyle, I think you Speaking have some. Kyle, yeah. Let's do some. What What's your news? Okay, I've, I've got some stuff to talk about. The uh, new Rise of Skywalker trailer just dropped. You know, they're they're still teasing the Emperor and all that stuff. I've only seen the trailer once or twice, but it looks great. I know I'm going to be there to see it pretty much day one. If anything, just to see how they tie it all together because they stumbled a little bit with the last one. So much so that they had to call JJ back. So I'm interested to see how they tie all the threads together. And I've been reading the the backstory books and all that stuff just to get ready for it. Pretty excited for that one. And then Kevin Feige is going to be directing and or producing the next movie. So he's going to be be involved with Star Wars now. Yeah, because owning Marvel just wasn't enough for him. Yeah, no, yeah. Really. Which is an interesting point. How's that going to affect his Marvel projects? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's one thing that I'm. I don't know. I think that Kevin 
Feige, me and him are on a first name basis. I think that Kevin can really um, do something good for Star Wars, but at the same time, like where where does that leave the rest of his projects? And then it's also a question of how much time does Kevin Feige really devote to each of these projects? Is he going to trust other people to take on more, more responsibility and creative freedom? And what does yeah. that mean for the MCU? And what does that mean for Star Wars too? Yeah, I think that Kevin Feige can bring some pretty great stuff to Star Wars. Things, um, things that he's changed or done with the MCU would really, really help Star Wars. But I don't know. Yeah, things that I think Star Wars needs, honestly, I think it needs a uh, a breath of fresh air. Because the Last Jedi yeah. was like it was, you know, it was so bitter for so many fans, and like I. You know, I joke about how I've hated it, but, you know, I've made my peace with it. It's just, it was just like a, a stepping stone to the rise of Skywalker, more or less. So, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he can do. With yeah, that. Because, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Another, another point I wanted to bring up and we're recording November 1st and this is going to drop, you know, next weekend. So. I wanted to get this out there. Disney Plus is going to be out November 12th. Yep. Oh my goodness. We are not so far away. And uh, with Disney Plus comes The Mandalorian. And they... Okay. I, I had to talk about this because they dropped a new trailer for The Mandalorian and it looks incredible. Yep. I'm v- I'm very excited. Um, they had some battle droids and stuff from The Clone Wars. And it's going to be... That's going to be amazing. And the fact that Favreau was involved just gives me all all the more hope for it. And I think it's going to be, you know, one of those breaths of fresh air that the franchise needs. Is that um, going to come out with Disney Plus or later, like the Marvel stuff? It's uh, If you're familiar with the way that Titans is releasing on the, the DC streaming service, they're going to drop the first episode uh, at least as far as I know, they're going to drop the first episode with the release of Disney Plus. And then in order to keep earning your subscription, they're going to be dropping episodes week after week like a TV show. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I haven't really looked into what's dropping as soon as Disney Plus drops. And I was thinking that like I could avoid getting Disney Plus until a little bit later when the Marvel shows come out. But I don't think I can avoid it. I think I have to get it like as soon as it drops, don't I? Oh, I'm I'm getting it the second it comes out. I I want to watch some good old. Disney you can movie. pre-order it. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. I I am like I'm gun. I'm already after this whole thing is done. I'm just gonna go over there and pre-order it just because. Yeah, I don't I don't know that there's a reason not to with how cheap they've made it. Yeah, that's um, true. And with them bundling it with Hulu and all that stuff. Uh, but I wanted to bring Ooh. up a point and ask a question to the both of you. Which uh, which show or film are you the most excited for uh, on Disney Plus? Aladdin and X Men. Um, I'm really really excited for all these Marvel TV shows to see how they insert themselves into the MCU, and I think like m- the Marvel TV shows that we have now like are kind of floundering, but it'll be really cool. Like I'm, I am really excited for the falcon and winter soldier that's going to be really good i don't know i love those characters and i think that they need a whole tv show and i'm glad that they're getting one 
for the new TV show. But I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion. Yeah. No, you're, you're good. I think I'm looking forward to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, particularly because they're teasing Baron Zemo the right way with his purple handkerchief on his face. Uh-huh. I'm looking forward to that because I'm like, oh, crap. Like, this is – like, when I saw him in Civil War, I was like, this is one of Cap's biggest enemies. Like, you have Zola. Uh-huh. You have all these other people. But Falcon and the Winter Soldier I'm looking forward to. It's no stranger that I'm a you know a She-Hulk fan. I'm looking forward to that. That one mm-hmm. threw me by surprise. I didn't even think that they even got permission for yeah. to do that because that was from Universal. Um, that was random. You know, but I'm happy that they're they're pushing that because I mean, if anyone deserves a show and that it could be a funny kind of a parody of Law and Order, boom, right there. You know, as far as the nostalgia TV shows go. The X-Men, the animated series, because why not? Um, yeah, all the animated series are going to be really fun to watch. You know, um, and and then the Disney movies like Aladdin and Toy Story and The Lion King, like that stuff I'm looking forward to as well. Kyle, do you know which movies are going to be? Because I remember you saying something about how not all of the movies that are owned by Disney properties are going to drop on the platform the first day what movies do you know or do we know are going to be on there like are all the mcu movies going to be on there or no uh i am double checking so stuff that's going to be missing on launch is like uh stuff like endgame oh great that's going to be that's going to be coming out in December. So like okay. you don't have too long to wait. It's just going to be a month or okay. so. Um, are they going to take stuff off as they put stuff on? Like would they take Infinity War out and put Endgame in or something like that or no? Do you know? I would I would imagine. I, I mean, I don't um I know they're going to look at you know, loaning these movies out to other streaming platforms because why wouldn't they? It's it's yeah. their IP. They're going to get paid for it. And, yeah. you know, there, there wouldn't be a point in dropping it on their super cheap $7 a month service if you can drop it on, like, Netflix and you're paying 15 a month for Netflix. Yeah, exactly. So, like, all of the Marvel movies on Netflix right now might not be on Disney+. Plus. Right. Is that the so, thought process? Yeah, I imagine so. And I haven't done a whole lot of research as far as, you know, what's going to be on the service at the outset, but I'd imagine that you could count everything that's on Netflix right now out. Huh. Okay. I didn't think about it like that, but yeah, hmm. I just want one platform that I can watch every Marvel movie and every Disney movie and never leave my house again. I have to keep skipping around platforms and stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, one thing, one thing that was um, confirmed, I think Iger said it, that, uh, if movies were to leave um, Disney Plus, if you had downloaded them, they stay with you. Okay. All right. So okay. you know it. It works kind of like PlayStation Plus, where if you if you see a game that's out for free and you snag it and you put it in your library, it's there for you to download whenever. Only this way, you would have to download it to like a physical hard drive, and as long as you have it and that drive is connected to your Disney Plus you'll just have it for however long you want it. Okay. I guess we'll just have to see how this all plays out. I don't know how much of, so is this all like for sure? 
like you're going to be able to download stuff or we don't know until it drops. I think Iger all but confirmed that you will be able to download these things because um, that's a that's a really big feature as far as uh, the streaming services go. That's true. Because, because not everybody has like a, you know, a full 4G connection wherever they go. And the idea with a streaming service is you want to be able to keep what you want to watch and when yeah. you want to watch it. So stuff that yeah. doesn't have that capability, I just, you know, I look at and I go, why bother? Why are you charging for this if I can't keep it anywhere? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm going to have to get it as soon as it drops. Oh, what's happening for me? <laughs> it's so cheap. There's no, there's no reason to not. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I have uh, to look at my finance. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just bought Sling. This is bad timing. Try, try and fit in that $8 charge there. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> um, okay. Last thing on my list is uh, Fallen Order. Oh, okay. yeah. Fallen Order is... Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is a game that's coming out November 15th. So, you know, it's going to be broke for me. Fuck Broke-tober. Uh, I'm going to be getting Disney Plus, Star Wars Fallen Order. And uh, Fallen Order is a game that I guess it kind of works like a Dark Souls game is is what I've been reading. Um, they've got a bunch of different force powers and stuff on there you can use. And it, it like I said, it's supposed to play like a Souls game, but it's like them trying to bring back Jedi Academy and all those uh, those old Star Wars games where it's just a single-player experience. And EA hasn't had a great track record with these things. They've been adamant that there's no loot boxes, so the Battlefront 2 shenanigans won't be a thing, and that it's just going to be a straight-up single-player experience. So I'm I'm down to see how they tie it into the story. It's supposed to take place between episodes three and four and all of the game. Yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. Um, I don't know what my computer's doing. This is why I, uh, I decided that I'm going to build a new rig. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is limping. Um, all right, where did I leave off here? You did talk about it being in between three and four. That's what you said. Okay, yeah, that, that was the last thing I said. It's going to be set between episodes three and four, and all the gameplay that I've seen has been incredible. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. And John, you're not going to be able to get a hold of me, because as soon as I buy that, that game will be my life. Watch. I'm going to have my phone just on deck, just in case. I mean, because you, you mentioned one thing, and I'll get, this, I'll get this out here quick. You said everything good except EA, and I already know I'm going to have my phone on deck if this game fails. And I know I'm going to get it. I'm like, come over, though. Just come over here, man. I, I got you. Once again. <laughs> no, like, I was looking into the pre-order stuff, and they were like, yeah, man, you can get, you know, for your pre-orders, here's here's some cosmetic stuff. You can get different lightsaber hilts and colors. And I was like, you sons of bitches. You know exactly how to get me. <laughs> But 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 you know you know EA is like a box of chocolates. You never know what kind of BS you're gonna get. So that's why I'm gonna have my phone on 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 deck just in case if I get that phone call. Cause man, you ain't the only uh, one who's cried about EA messing up Star Wars. EA is like a box of chocolates. If you didn't know what you were gonna get in the box of chocolates, fucking loot box. <laughs> yeah. So I I figured okay. I said that. Guess it's uh, guess it's my own turn here. Yes, John. Ooh. What's your news? <laughs> Ooh, okay. What what you got, John? 
All right, before I go ahead and rage, I'll talk about the good comics, the bad comics, everything in between. Um, I will mention uh, DC has been it's been it's been good, bad, and ugly. Okay, the ugly is Bendis, and Kyle knows I can't stand that man. Um, just Hail Hydra, John. Just oh my God, oh, Bendis and Spencer, both like just respectively, Ugh. Spencer. He's writing good Spider-Man comics, so you know what? I'll give him credit where credit is due. Bendis is writing for Superman, and he's just crapping the bed all over the place. Like, it, <laughs> like he's carrying the crap to the kitchen, to the rest of the house. I mean, it, this is stuff that you don't mess up, guys. Like, I'm reading some of this stuff, and, like, the deceased. I love how they put it, like, D and then ceased. But, like, that run that they have that's separate from Bendis is doing ten times better with Superman than him writing for Superman. And keep in mind, I'm not a Superman fan in the slightest, but before Bendis, they actually were making me like the character because he had a family, he was able to go ahead and, you know, run with Jonathan and Lois, and it was it was cool. I was like, thank you, finally. They're making him have a, a, a family, so now he has a risk, you know? And, you know, now it's just, oh, we're, I'm just that bad of a writer that I got to put his under, underwear back on. I'm Brian Michael Bendis. Oh, my God. I can't stand this guy. I mean, he messed up the Avengers a long time ago, Brennan. And just I'll give you the summary of Bendis real quick. Whatever he touches turns into dust. Okay. That's, that's just, so mean. <laughs> that's just what it is for him. Okay. Did you just call this man Thanos? Yeah. <laughs> Except his 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 hygiene, his breath is what is the Infinity Stones. God, what? What are you talking about? When you, hold on, happening? hold on. When you screw up, the <laughs> did Avengers, you meet him? Hold, hold on, he, he's he's that bad of a person. Like <laughs> you just know, like you just know that his breath is bad because he writes bad. He's comedy. that bad of a person. Like when when you screw up a concept. Like the Avengers, like whenever he creates characters, he's really good with them. But when he like takes a team and he's like, yeah, I'm going to write. I could just, I can just, the universe is just like, yeah, Bendis just wrote something bad, everybody. And just, you could just, the atmosphere just feels different. Like air doesn't feel like air anymore. Like I'm going to suffocate. That's how bad he is as a writer. Oh like if I give you a comic, you'd be like, darn, like. John, you're not off on your on your analysis of him. But anyways, backing up from Bendis as a whole, the good comics, I mean, hey, Deceased has been doing pretty good. I like it. Like, they've really put the risk out there for Soups, for Batman, for just, you know, really getting you invested in terms of characters. You know, I'm happy for that. But then there's Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> This is what I was looking forward to talking about. Podcast on Sonic the Hedgehog when it comes out. No, no, no. Just yes, screw, screw yes. this movie, man. What in the world? <laughs> like, I just saw the poster, and I'm just like, what okay. is this? Wait, so what is the news, though? Okay, so the new redesign, right? They have a redesign okay. right now, for those that don't know. If you go on Screen Rant or whatever, you'll see it. And your nightmares will slightly be reduced. It's um, like... It's it's just like a leaked poster design, like it's not official, at yet, right? Like it's not a redesign yeah, that's it's, being posted. Yeah, it's not like, like somebody an took a picture thing. of a poster they saw or yeah. something, or like a board that they saw. 
Yeah, that's basically what it is. And when I saw it, I was like, this is going to be a really sad day on Dead Bat. It's not. It's going to be such a good movie. I don't want this to be a movie, man. Like, this, that that's like, that's like recreating the 93 Super Mario Brothers and saying, hey, guys, we repackaged the deal. You're repackaging crap. This is the same, <laughs> this is the same crap. Excuse me, sir. Sonic is not crap. It is the greatest video game to enter the space in history. Okay, Sonic the Hedgehog is like the New York Knicks. At one point, they were great, and now they're just crap. But John, look at that single look, greatest. Yeah, Kyle. But John, look at that realistic CGI fur. You could pet it. Honestly, I, I need you, you could. To, pet I need it. you to shut up before I burn your Batman costume. <laughs> Okay, I need you to shut up before I burn your Batman costume. We had this conversation a little while ago with all three of us, and I just love that Kyle and I are on the completely the same page when it comes to Sonic, and John is just absolutely upset. Like, yeah. it's the funniest thing in the world, and that's exactly why I think we should do a podcast solely for the Sonic movie, leading up to the Sonic movie, during the Sonic movie, and after the Sonic movie. And I will make sure that I just take every bit of the Kennedy Space Center, and then I'll just get off this planet, because I don't want to be here when that actually happens. I don't. I mean, come on, like, this movie shouldn't even happen. Like, the only thing that this movie will probably give me that will be slightly humorous will be Jim Carrey. Slightly? John. John, you could live on the ISS, and I would still find a way to get either a Clone Saga comic or this movie to you. I need I you promise. to stop talking, because I know where you live. I love you, John. No, February, no, no. February 14th is when it drops. You best believe I'm going to be in that theater on February 14th, and I will be talking about it on my YouTube channel, on this podcast. I will never shut up about this stupid movie. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day, John. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit down when this is getting recorded, and I'm just gonna have a face palmed, just like motion, like I'm watching the Knicks play. Like it's gonna be that bad. They're gonna have a Sonic Valentine's Day. Cards John is just gonna more. cut every part where we contradict him and make it sound like we all agree on yeah. Sonic. Yeah, I won't even. Matter of fact, my audio won't even be in there. <laughs> I don't want to be discussing this trash. <laughs> I want to discuss it more. Okay. But we do have to move on yes. um, to our our main question of the podcast, which is, are superhero movies cinema? Question mark. Oh, boy. Um, so I'm sure y'all know where this is coming from. Um, Martin Scorsese's comments about how the Marvel Cinematic Universe is not cinema. Um, so... For this discussion, I'm just going to read out some quotes and then we can discuss, right? Cool. Yeah, go ahead. That's fine, yeah. Okay. So the original quote that started it all, Martin Scorsese said, Honestly, the, clo the closest I can think of them as well made... Sorry. Honestly, the closest I can think of them as well made as they are, with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. 
Oh my goodness, there's so much to unpack there. That's so frustrating, but I'll move on. Francis Ford Coppola also agreed with Scorsese and said, when Martin Scorsese says that Marvel pictures are not cinema, he's right, because we expect to learn something from cinema. We expect to gain something, some enlightenment, some knowledge, some inspiration. I don't know that anyone gets anything out of seeing the same movie over and over again. Martin was kind when he said it's not cinema. He didn't say it's despicable, which I just say it is. Okay, hold on. Hold Ford on. Coppola yeah. really fucking hates these movies. You know what, <laughs> like, you know what this crap. sounds like? This this sounds like you're in like an art gallery, right? Like a French art gallery. Yes. Says, when Martin Scorsese <laughs> says that Marvel pictures are not cinema, this is more this is more German. Fuck it. <laughs> He's right, because we expect to learn something from cinema. Do we? Do we really? As <laughs> Americans, all, I just want to go see some learn, explosions. <laughs> like, but that's the thing. Like, how do you not, how do you go into a Marvel movie and not learn something about courage and power and responsibility and pain and suffering? How do you go into a Marvel movie and not see that these characters are, are superheroes with superhero costumes fighting superhero bad guys? But at the same time, they're also people interacting with each other, learning how to deal with their powers or their struggles or their interactions with each other. Like the entire arc of the first, you know, cinematic Marvel Cinematic Universe is a, not a conflict between a supervillain and a superhero. It's a conflict between two superheroes with very very different origin stories and very different views on how to save the world like how is that not like how how does that not convey emotional psychological experiences to well, another human being i just don't understand like well, it's I so frustrating it's a, um, i think it's a matter of uh perspective you know when you, whenever you go to watch a movie or you read a book or you play a video game it's it's about what you get from it. Mm -hmm. um, so all of that stuff is very subjective. So if something is cinema, if something isn't cinema, it's it's very subjective to the person. You can't make this an, an objective thing. It's like a, it's what you get out of it personally. Yeah. But like and, at the same time, to... like how how are they not getting? I don't I don't know. You, I yeah, just you, think like, everyone should be... think the same way that I think. Yeah, like you have to be looking for a lesson here, and I, I, I think Scorsese didn't, didn't uh, learn critical thinking. You, Honestly, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I haven't said anything about this whole thing just so far. And uh, you read both Coppola and, and Scorsese. I, I'll, I'll tackle Scorsese first, right? Listen, he's got an opinion. I'm not gonna hate the opinion. Out of the two of them. I think he has he has his opinions. You know, RDJ was on one of the interviews and he was asked about it and he's saying the same thing I'm saying. The guy has his opinion. I mean, hey, the guy put his name across towards Joker and that's exactly the kind of movies I think he's looking for. You know, I'm not hating um Scorsese's, you know, opinion. I I I don't think it's frustrating. I think he he's got a right to say that. I mean, he's he's part of the filmmaking industry. Now, Coppola all right, I'm going to be blunt as hell. You know me, I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> He's a piece of shit. <laughs> um, the, the, the fact One might this, say despicable, John. Uh, One might say he's despicable. Uh, you know, the fact that he's like, oh, well, you know, Scorsese, 
he was just being nice. No, listen, you really old, just wa- George Washington looking idiot, okay? Um, I'm being very, very, very censored right now because, again, I could say so many words. The fact that you're going to tell me that this does not convey an emotional response, I have to look at movies like The Winter Soldier, and I'm like, then what the hell is this? Yeah, what is that? Or Civil War. Yeah, Civil War. Like, these are human stories. I just don't think that they can see past, like, the, you know, like, the superhero look and the costumes and stuff. Like, I just, I think you can walk into these movies with a very, like, pretentious idea or thought process that like oh if they're superheroes and they're in costumes and they're from comic books they're just for little kids and they should stay in the cartoons and they shouldn't be cinema but if you look like if you take one second to look past these costumes and see that like steve rogers is a man out of time he's a war hero that doesn't have a war he's he meets somebody who he thought he had lost forever, who has now been brainwashed. These are these are stories that if you take off the costumes and if you take off the superhero names, they're still really cool human stories. I just don't like it. I I don't think Coppola can see past the costumes. Yeah, like I said, Coppola is the one that I just don't I don't agree with at all. Like I told you. Like, my man, I saw a picture of what he looks like. The dude looks like Albert Einstein. He has no way, shape, and form hating on any movies when you look like that, bro. Like, I'm just saying. John, would you say that he has bad breath as well? Yeah, yeah. Bad breath, yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because anyone who tells me the the MCU is not cinema hasn't just brushed your teeth. (laughs) Brush your teeth. You need to get that shit out of your mouth. Yeah, brush your teeth, because that's terrible. Um... But that's, yeah. a, that's, um, that's that old time South punishment. You want barbecue sauce? You want soap in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> so let me read. Um, so let me read some comments from other um, people in the sphere against Coppola and Scorsese. So Kevin Smith said, "My feeling is Martin Scorsese never sat in a movie theater with his dad and watched the movies of Steven Spielberg in the early '80s or George Lucas in the late '70s." He didn't feel that sense of magic and wonder. I can still step into one of the those comic book movies, divorce myself of the fact that I do this for a living, release, and my dead dad is back for a minute for two hours. And it's personal for a lot of the audience. You know, we're not arguing whether or not it counts as cinema. So, like, basically, what he's kind of saying, what we were talked about a little bit, is, like, Scorsese doesn't go into the theater and he doesn't have that nostalgia. He doesn't have that feeling of wonder or magic with these really awesome magical movies. He just kind of, he doesn't have that. So that's what we were talking about. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I mean, I think Kevin just nailed it on the, on the uh, the saying there. I think he really just brought it to the idea where it's like, Hey man, you probably weren't raised this way. We were, you know, like, just for him to understand, I, I want this man's address so I can just give him a freaking DVD of Steel and just show him what we had to deal with before we got good movies. Yeah, yeah. That's right, Kyle. I, think- I said it. We're going to give him a Shaquille Neal DC movie. Still better than Batman. And Robin. I think- yeah. So Taika Waititi said, 
Well, it's too late to change it to Marvel Attic Universe. <laughs> Removing cinema from the name. Of course, it's cinema. It's at the movies. It's in cinemas near you. Marvel Cinema Attic Universe scene. So basically, the argument is here is it's called the Cinematic Universe. Why are we arguing about this? Like, it's literally in the name. Of course, it's cinema, which is just funny. And then Bob Iger really went off. Like, he just held no punches. He said, I'm puzzled by it. If they want to bitch about movies, it's certainly their right. It seems so disrespectful to all the people who work on those films who are working just as hard as the people who are working on their films and putting their creative souls on the line just like they are. So and that's what happens when you catch Bob on a bad day. Honestly, yeah. yeah. Like, Bob Iger was like, fuck you and fuck your thoughts and your opinions because, like, there are hardworking people that are putting their hearts and souls into these movies and like you just can't even see that you just don't even understand which i agree like completely it's like like one thing that i always think about during this argument is like everybody on the surface could look at spider-man into the spider-verse and be like it's a cartoon for kids it's an animated movie for kids but if you watch that movie like you can see that it is a work it is a like a love letter work of art it is so cool because you can tell the hard work put into it by adults with passion for adults with passion and like yeah it is animated but it's a storing a storytelling technique that is so cool and so many people put work into it to make it amazing and it is and to go into that and be like, oh, it's just a cartoon with some superheroes is just short-sighted and pretentious, in my opinion. Bob Iger's the type of guy that go ahead around the office, or if it's like somebody who's opposing, and instead of having some kind of weapon, this man got stacks of money, and he's smacking people <laughs> with it. He just smacks people with money? Yeah, that's all he needs to do. I mean, I agree with his statement. He said it the, way, he said it the same way that I would say it. You guys can go ahead and bitch about movies all you want. Yeah. You, you kind of are, you know, saying, you know, that they're not doing the same things you're doing. Like I said, Scorsese, he's got every right to say what he wants to say. I mean, he he makes movies like anybody else, right, in this, in, in this industry. When it comes to Coppola, when it comes to Jennifer Aniston, who said some things about Marvel, no, get out of the room. <laughs> I think that, like, I think also that is a good point. Like, I think a lot of these creators of the Marvel universe are kind of like, they're like, yeah, it sucks, but I guess I'll just wipe my tears with all of this money. And like the highest grossing film of all time is a Marvel movie. So like, sure. It's theme parks, whatever you say, Scorsese, like go make a movie to that level and then come back to us. Like, I think a lot of people or a lot of people in the industry of Marvel and like other superhero movies, like, are just, you know, wiping their tears with money, hitting people in the face with money. Like, you know, that's the, that's the bottom line. It's like, okay, you can say all this stuff that it's, that it's not cinema, but here are the numbers. People are loving this. Like it, or what Scorsese says at the end of the day, like they're still incredibly, incredibly successful movies. Yeah. Most definitely. You know, (laughs) like, 
but yeah, that's that's my thoughts on that. Bob Iger can get it. Um, but one thing that I pulled, this isn't a direct response to the Scorsese comments, but it's something that Kevin Feige says a lot and talks about a lot. And I think it really sums up this whole argument. And it's about the superhero genre and how a lot of people put the Marvel movies and superhero movies into their own genre. But this is what Kevin has to say about that. I don't believe in the comic book genre. I don't believe in the superhero genre. I believe that each of our films can be very different. They all happen to be based on Marvel characters and Marvel comics, but from a genre and a cinematic perspective, they're all very unique. So basically what he's saying is like, yeah, they're all superhero movies, but they're also incredibly different. Like Endgame is a drama and a time heist and Far From Home is a romantic comedy and like Guardians of the Galaxy is the space odyssey. Like there's so many genres that go into these movies that aren't just the blanket superhero genre. They cover all genres and they cover and all matter of storytelling just with the, you know, superhero label and the masks and the costumes and the supervillains. But at the end of the day, it's just humans yeah. trying to survive and thrive and do good in the world. So suck it, Scorsese. I think he's going to have a bit of a difference of opinion when it comes down to... Because, I mean, I look at other movies like in the MCU that have different takes and different things and different tones, too, because... I mean, there are certain movies that have almost the same tone. I'm not, like, trying to be overly critical of the whole thing. But, like, mm -hmm. you know, with Spider-Man, I don't feel that way. Uh, unfortunately, with Endgame, I don't feel that way, even though I have my take on the movie. Um, Infinity War, same deal. Like, to go to your point, but to also derive in my own, every movie that we've seen up until, you know, Endgame, they have their own tones, but I won't lie, there are certain movies that have almost the same tone and it's just kind of like one of those things where and i know it's kind of like whoa like on the opposite end here john but i'm like at the same t i mean the only person that pretty much has a right in this entire thing is him everybody else who's saying things in the middle like what was it just to clarify even more on the jennifer anderson thing she was straight up bashing marvel movies and i'm like listen woman you got noticed by friends i don't, <laughs> I don't need to hear your opinion on these films, if A, we never asked you to be on this, or B, if it wasn't for that show, I wouldn't know who you are. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's something to be said that each of these movies is grossing over $500 million. Yeah. So it's obvious that there's a market. It's obvious that people want these movies. And if people aren't getting something from these movies or they feel like they're not getting good stories they wouldn't go see them. Yeah, exactly. If they feel like they if if they were all the same movie, we would stop going to see them, but we're obviously going to see them more frequently. Like numbers don't lie. The numbers show Scorsese and Coppola all they need to know is like whatever they say doesn't really hold any grounds because obviously people are going to these movies and enjoying them, you know, like that's it. No, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Like numbers don't lie. I, I just also have to go on the idea that it is it well received. That's another thing too. I'll give you an example. 
you know, Joker, which on the other side of the tracks over here being DC, I mean, hey, that that's hitting, that, that beats Deadpool too, in terms of just, in terms of sales. Ryan said things about it, but that movie's being divided so much in terms of it being an Oscar that it's almost like upsetting to me. I mean, there's also something to be said about is it is it being critically like not crit, like not critically like is it being well received? Because I mean, hey, Dead, I mean, Marvel's had their slips as well in terms of movies. I can name one of them being The Dark World. Um, so I I mean that's the thing. I mean numbers, yeah, absolutely true. But is it being well received? Is another thing because. I mean, I went ahead and I got a lot of flack for me going ahead and, and tackling Endgame the way that I did. But again, your numbers point makes sense because if you look at worldwide and domestic sales, it proves your point. But I think we also yeah. have to add that same question too. Is it being well received? Because I mean, I can look at some of the reviews of Endgame and it's it's smack dab in the middle. There are some people who love this film and think it was a great ending to the MCU. And then there were others that thought, man, this movie was kind of a spit in the face. So I and I know that's a really harsh line to say to a movie like that. But I mean, when you got some of the things that support their points, I can't ignore that either. Well, see, that's an interesting point, too, because we have so many people that, you know, criticize professionally. It's like, what is well-received? You know, what audience are you looking at? Are you looking at genuine fans? Are you looking at the critics that are supposed to be the guys that know what they're talking about? Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, and at the same time, too, like, the core question is, is, are these movies cinema? Not, does everyone like every single movie that comes out from Marvel? Oh, yeah, no, I just thought I'd bring, like, a side question. Uh, Obviously, to answer the question, I mean, yes, it is. I mean, there's no question about that. Um, but, but I, I, I guess I'm trying to understand like what you're talking about. Like movies can be criticized. They'll be good movies, you know, like, in fact, good movies should be criticized even more harshly than like, you know, your Sonic the Hedgehog movie, because we all know that the Hedgehog movie is going to be terrible, but at the same time, like, like we don't we don't even have to argue about that but we can argue about endgame because it was objectively a good movie so you can go in and start talking about these pieces that you maybe would have preferred would be better or you like what am i trying to say i'm trying to say that like the movie without you know saying that marvel or dc or superhero movies are objectively bad I can say that I don't like Infinity War for these reasons, but I can also say at the same time that, that it was a good movie. No, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, on that end, yeah. I mean, You know what I mean? Yeah, like, cut and dry, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I just, I thought I would bring that up because, I mean, everyone's going to go flock to this movie because they want to have their own opinion. You trying to get an opinion from somebody else doesn't mean anything. I mean, it does. I mean, hey, that's great awesome if you want your yourself being spoiled that's one thing but at the end of the day it's like you're gonna go see that film to go get your own opinion and i mean that that's one thing to be said as well um and i mean i like like i said i agree with you guys with the numbers because that's something that cannot be debated against that's not something you can just you know falsify or anything else um and they are cinema to answer your question and i think i think my personal point is that 
you know what it what is cinema depends on the beholder you know it's it's what the viewer gets out of it you know like to, to bob's point there's something to be said that you know a bunch of people put a lot of respect and a lot of love and a lot of passion into creating these things but you can also you know like a like a painting that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to you may make complete sense to somebody else so it's just depending on what the viewer gets out of it yeah yeah and and obviously these two uh, gentlemen didn't get anything out of these films yeah exactly yeah and i think there's also a level of like a little bit of superiority over the origin of these superhero movies they do come from comic books which and maybe even like you know the cartoons from the 90s like there is stigma i guess for superhero movies being just for like little kids and like they're not real human stories but i think they've so so much evolved from that that like that's a really really like old world view of of superhero movies that's like outdated yeah to uh, think that superhero movies haven't evolved from that yeah definitely outdated is like the 90s because i mean hey we we talked about it a little briefly here the fact where you know these movies are are taken i mean serious is an understatement back then they weren't taken as serious i mean i'm still looking for the 1995 fantastic four movie that never came out because how bad it was I just want to mm-hmm. laugh at it because that that's kind of where it was. I mean, you can you can make an honest, you know, argument over where this all started. And I'd like to say you point out to Blade being the very first movie, at least in Marvel, that was taken mm-hmm. serious. And then you had your X-Men and your your Spider-Man. And then, you know, around 2008, boom, you had Iron Man. And that really kicked things off. But they're looking yeah. at it from the perspective of of, oh, okay, this is a very simplistic, formulaic kind of movie. Okay, this is like, you know, yay back then when James Cameron was thinking about doing Spider-Man. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. very, it's and they're very not short-sighted. Them. Yeah, and because it is in this, you know, it's lumped into this huge superhero category, that's why Kevin Feige is talking about moving away from the big superhero category and talking about how his movies are not superhero movies. They are dramas and romantic comedies and you know, odysseys and stuff like that. So yeah, I think, I think that it's just an outdated view and it's just pretentious at the end of the day. Like you're just not watching the movies in the way that they were intended to be watched because you have this idea in the back of your head that superhero movies can't be anything more than a Saturday morning cartoon for kids. Yeah. When obviously they've moved so far beyond that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Any last any last words about this uh, heated discussion? No, at least on my end, I think I'm pretty good. Cool. Yeah. Uh, fuck Francis. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we could all agree on that one. You all remember when we were like, we're gonna limit the swear words in this episode? I feel like we threw that away. <laughs> oh no, this is me and John restrained. <laughs> yeah, we we mm, there was a lot of things I wanted to say about Coppola that I kind of held back there. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's the the answer is it, they are cinema, like them or not, they're here to stay, and people are gonna enjoy them regardless of what some old white guys say. Ooh, all right. Next um, segment. 
on comic book updates? You did a little bit in the beginning, but do you want to add anything? Yeah, so here's the thing. I've been kind of back and forth with this whole thing with Captain Marvel and uh, killing the Avengers or killing a Avenger for that matter. I'm just going to simply put it as is. This comic is really Secret Empire, Captain Marvel style. A comic oh, no. is it? Yes, so it's it's of the Captain Marvel issues, and it's the okay. issue, it really capped off where Captain Marvel, by the forces of the Kree, managed to go ahead and become part of the dark side. My brain melted halfway into this comic, okay? Um, <laughs> it really it really did. I'm just like, what in the hell is this? Like, you know, I can clearly tell Marvel doesn't know what to do with this character. They're just winging this character off like, huh, let's think of really cool ideas for this. Oh, really? What? Let's have her be card of the dark side. Yeah. And just a person on the other side of this entire office is like, well, why don't we just bring good storytelling? And that person's <laughs> thrown out of the window. Because this is terrible. She's got some stupid Fallout 4 helmet on her face that's covering her eyes. And and I think it was either Spider-Man or somebody who broke it. Now she's got like freaking goth lip balm. And I'm like, burn this, please. Because everything of this is just bothersome. Like, I, I I'm doing this for the podcast. If I had a real choice, I mean, this right now is like medical malpractice. This is just cruel and unusual punishment. For anyone who wants to, if you see this in the comic shelves, do me a favor. Pass by it. Just being, <laughs> just being subtle. Just pass by it. That's all I'm going to say. Really funny. I want to read it now. I'm looking at pictures of it right now. I just looked it up. Oh, my it does look stupid. Oh, my God. Why is your helmet like that? Oh, my God. It's just like, I'm like, I get it, man. Like, you know, Red Hood has that crap and Arkham Knight. Don't copy the crap. I mean, he's got no eyes. I don't know how Jason runs around seeing things. How are you going to see anything? You need eyes. <laughs> it is funny. The You know it's going to be a good comic when they give the character something that covers their entire face. So they have to break it in order to like show emotion and convey something to the audience. Like why just don't give them a helmet in the first place. Yeah. Come just, on. Just don't like, like I love this character when she was Miss Marvel. That's what I was saying mm -hmm. to Kyle. I love this character when she was Miss Marvel, you know, before Kamala Khan. Yeah. When she actually had good storylines and she would fight Moonstone, which is another character I could imagine seeing in the MCU one of these days. But, you know, I remember when she was written decent. I won't say extraordinary, decent. And I can take the character seriously. Now it's a walking punchline. That's what this character is now. I think that covering of the face thing is something they do in a lot of media. You know, like uh, one of my one of my favorite films being RoboCop. They cover half of that actor's face, and you know, later on in the movie, they have to get rid of it so that the actor can emote. And like, bless Peter Weller in '87 for doing that and actually pulling that whole thing off. But like. When they made the remake in 2014, Joel Kinnaman had to keep flipping the visor up just so that he could express. <laughs> and it's like, Act. yeah. And it's like, just don't, don't do that. Like, just, you don't, you don't need a helmet. <laughs> Take it off. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. It's just so fucking frustrating. 
to see that, you know, like. Well, I think that it's it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. She looks interesting like she's gonna vogue. And you gotta make your characters evil. Like what? Like how how lazy are you as a writer, or like how tired of these characters do you have to be to be like? All right, I guess we make them evil now and make them kill some people. Like, uh, I, I don't know like, that that's it's, just tired. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that it's a sign of exhaustion or a sign of laziness. I, I think it's a sign of trying to figure out where these characters go next because these characters have been around for so long yeah. and they've had so many stories that writers, a writer's yeah, job is to go, what's new? What can we change? Yeah, but the funny thing is like turning a character evil isn't that new like this is this is true this is true and there is something to be said for them rehashing old storylines to try to make a buck but um i think i think one of the most important things that you can do for comics is to keep making them yeah because the minute you keep you quit making a comic for a character it's just like you know in this day and age it's so easy to forget about something that's not in your face yeah yeah most definitely um but um speaking of in your face um do we want to move on to recommendations yeah let's do it um well you said uh in your face couldn't be in your face more than hulk and my favorite one uh would be world war hulk I've always had good things to say about this comic. Kyle knows that I love this comic. This is one of my favorite ones right next to Old Man Logan. Um, I give this comic a nine. Easily. One of my favorite Hulk stories. Um, for a little bit of context to kind of understand before we get into World War Hulk, which I won't spoil. I just want you to understand a bit. So, Civil War. The prologue to Civil War. The Marvel Illuminati try to, uh, to think... Let's try to send Hulk to space because we don't think this man can control his powers. There's no other alternative we have. This man simply has to get off this earth. He's got powers that are beyond our control. So they they made some ploy and they sent this man into space. He landed on the same planet you saw in Thor Ragnarok, just to you know coincide a little bit. So Hulk fights, becomes the the king of that entire planet, meets you know a woman there. Yeah. It's like a typical gladiator kind of story there, but here's the thing. There was something in Stark Industries that was floating around space, right around um, Civil War time, right around that area, and it hits the planet, and it kills Hulk's wife. So my man goes berserk. And from there on, he he pretty much fights people of the X-Men, the Avengers. I mean, I'll just mention one scene. I'll give you a freebie. He fights Wolverine. My man grabs him by the claws and punches his head in, and scrambles his brain. That's how serious this thing got. So, if you're at a comic store and you're like, let me pick up some nostalgia comics, please pick up World War Hulk. One of the best, if not the best, Hulk story out there. Cool. I'll go next. Um, I have been reading Squirrel Girl, and I knew that Squirrel Girl existed, but I, for, like, I didn't... I underestimated her, and I think she's just the coolest superhero in the world she's all the powers of a girl and all the powers of a squirrel and somehow with those powers alone she is the most powerful superhero in the universe 
and she like defeats Thanos. She defeats like she's unbeatable. She's never lost, and all that squirrel tail and like she hits people with it. I think it's so funny. It's a really cute comic, and I really, really, really want there to be a Squirrel Girl TV show or something because I think she's just this character that has so much potential to be like expanded upon. And I'm really enjoying those comics. I think she's so funny and so cute and so sweet. And like her whole team is just, uh, it's just good. It's just clat. Like if, if you want to take a break from all these like serious comic book stories, just like pick up a squirrel girl and like have a good, have a good little, little read. Mm, okay. It's really cute. It's a cute, I, I want to cosplay her or something. Cause I do. Rec- she, I love her. I do recall the way that she beat Thanos was the most godly way to beat Thanos by having yeah. a whole bunch of squirrels attack him? Yes, yes. Okay. He so, never saw it coming. Yeah, I don't think anybody would see that one coming. I mean, I know she's Squirrel Girl, but she's that's so that's some stuff right there. Has, um, um, she has, like, all of her friends are all also animal um, superheroes. There's Chipmunk Man and Koi Boy. It's so good. It's such a good comic. That sounds incredible. <laughs> But yeah, um, Kyle. All right, so I got one. It's not comic related. It's it's a film. It's a film we watched a couple weeks ago. It's very hard for me to describe. It's something that you've just got to you got to watch and experience. It's just so bizarre. It's a it's called The Dead Don't Die. So it's a uh, in twenty. It was released this year. It's an American horror comedy. Written and directed by Jim, I'm going to butcher this last name, Jarmouche. Features an ensemble cast including Bill Murray, Adam Driver, Chloe Sevigny, Steve Buscemi, Austin Butler, RZA, Tilda Swinton, Tom Waits, Danny Glover, Caleb Landry-Jones, uh, Rosie Perez, Carol Kane, and Selena Gomez. Sure is a lot of names. That's a lot of fucking names. So it's it's basically like a like a zombie comedy movie. It makes me want to see Adam Driver in other stuff that isn't Star Wars, like because he's, I don't, I don't understand him. He's such an interesting <laughs> actor because he makes things awkward without trying to. Yeah, Adam and, Driver is an interesting guy. Yeah, and I and I think that's a big benefit to this movie. And then the fact that they got Bill Murray. Um, yeah, and I know that means that this is up John's alley. No, this is not up my alley. No, this is not up your alley. Bill no, no, Murray. No, no, no. Bill Bill Murray on the subject of Bill Murray. No, he's not on my alley. This 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 recommendation sounds amazing though. But Bill Murray, no. It's it's such a bizarre movie. Like at one point, like throughout the whole movie, Adam Driver's like, this isn't gonna end well. And then at one point, Bill Murray turns to him and goes, You keep saying that. Why? And he goes, Cause I read the script. I was just <laughs> It breaks the fourth wall in weird ways, and I mean the ancient ones in it. So I was like, "Why not give it a shot?" Kyle, do I need a beer for this? Yes, you need three. It's oh, okay. <laughs> I'll make sure I bring the the six pack of Yingling when we watch this this show this movie. Yeah, this thing is bizarre, but it's it's incredible. Okay. Wow. Okay. Gotcha. So I got my, I mean, I'm actually going to look at both of your recommendations and, and kind of, cause I mean, I I'm going to check out that movie. Yeah. 
funnily enough, I think I have um, the World War Hulk book. I think I, that comic book, I think I have it in the back of my car. Because I think my sister gave it to me, and then I just like threw it back there, and I haven't picked it up. So maybe I'll go grab that yes, and read it please for do. real now. I the the whole um, reason why I watched Thor Ragnarok was to just hope that I was gonna get that. Yeah, it, and we did get a little bit of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I haven't read it, so we we in the sense of the outfit and the sense of how strong he's gotten from when you saw him in Age of Ultron to Ragnarok. Of course, a hundred percent. But World War Hulk. If, if I'm just going to go ahead and make a short answer, if you put Thanos and World War Hulk in the same arena fighting, no Infinity Stones, just straight up brute strength, Thanos is flying back to his throne. That's how strong <laughs> this man is. Um, yeah, I think I think Hulk should have should have always been able to beat Thanos. But anyway, that's an argument for another day. Yeah, <laughs> um, let's let's wrap up a little bit um this has been real fun i'm really glad to be on the podcast um yeah <laughs> youtube channel you need to subscribe to my youtube channel um youtube.com slash brennan beckwith that's b-r-e-n-n-e-n-b-e-c-k-w-i-t-h youtube.com slash brennan beckwith i talk about marvel and i do video essays and stuff like that so yes check yeah. out our channel guys I also have an Instagram, um, Brennan Beckwith, and um, we're gonna. Are we gonna get an Instagram for this podcast? Oh hell yeah, hundred percent. Just uh, it's one of those things where I, uh, we we've got the YouTube, so that's the one thing where we'll do the extra okay. content and stuff like that. Which of course it's gonna be the Dead Bad Extra channel on YouTube. Okay. We have the unboxing, and that was really fun for for me and Kyle. We didn't even expect the, the stuff that we got. That was really cool. You know, that was just cool. mind blowing. Freaking, I have the shirt there. So I just out. freaking love plums, okay? <laughs> so. Um, cool. Go check out Dead Bat Extra. We also, what else do we have? Um, Facebook. Other, yeah. Uh, Facebook. We talked about that in the beginning. Yes. Uh, Facebook.com slash DPBats. Of course, you guys know my Instagram. If not, it'll be the Trigger Happy Chatterbox. And Kyle? The World's Greatest Detective 626. Awesome. And our Patreon. Yes, as a matter of fact, patreon.com slash deadpatofficialxx for our Patreon. Yep, and um, for that for that Patreon uh, throughout the week, we're trying to uh, work on some incentives um, for you guys to donate. We want to be able to give you something, whether it's, uh, you know, a, a shout out or, or something else. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want to we make sure you get your bang for your buck on that. Um, and you're not just throwing your money into this inevitable pit that you'll never see again. It's not an inevitable <laughs> pit. It's an amazing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, you already know. This is the Trigger Happy Chatterbox. It's the world's greatest detective. And Brennan Beckwith. <laughs> yes. Signing off, guys. Stay golden. Bye. Woo. We're taking back to the days of yes, We're holding on to what's golden. <laughs> I'm raging, I'm